The uncertainty, change and cancelling culture currently happening in society tremendously impacts everyone, also at work. It impacts the way leaders and employees interact. Organizations are more intertwined with society. They have a bigger social responsibility than ever before. People want to feel they belong to their organization and feel inclusive in a diverse culture. Not having this feeling can cause stress, unsafety, discomfort, which in this high-pressure society can lead to distrust and health problems. In the end, we all want to work in and long for a safe place. In Deloitte's podcast series, Psychological Safety, What Can We Learn From People With A Different Perspective, we talk with a variety of people with a variety of background and expertise. The wisdom that these people share most certainly provides inspiration and a sense of awareness, but mostly opens up the dialogue about psychological safety. I'm Anne-Barbara Lemmens. I'm leading the diversity, equity and inclusion proposition at Deloitte Consulting, working with clients on DNI challenges and opportunities. I will have candid conversations with people working in a wide variety of societal environments, like the Air Force, health and education fields, to gain and share knowledge that can be used in the business world. Hi everyone, welcome to this first podcast of Deloitte's Psychological Safety Series. Today, I will have a candid and open conversation with my colleague, Petra Tito. It might seem odd or even too easy to start a podcast series about psychological safety with a conversation with my colleague, but it has a purpose. We don't shy away and we put ourselves front and center to start the conversation. We want to share what we have done so far, but also what we need to improve on. It links back to the purpose of this podcast series, creating awareness about the topic, start the conversation, reach out to our clients, and don't shy away from sensitive topics. Petra, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Yes, of course, uh, Anna-Barbara. And first of all, really a pleasure to be here with uh, with you. Uh, I have a, a, a long-standing relation with, uh, with Deloitte. I've been with the firm for 25 years. Uh, in my previous role, I was the CHRO for Deloitte Netherlands. And uh, from that perspective... Uh, um, yeah, responsible and involved in a topic around psychological safety. Uh, and as the 1st of February, I started in a business role being responsible for our consulting business in uh, in Deloitte, Netherlands. Great. And yeah, I think the most obvious question that I'd like to, uh, to ask first is what's your definition of psychological safety? Yeah, I'd, uh, I, 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 I would put it as simple as that you feel the, the freedom and the opportunity to express yourself and to enter in dialogue with your team. Uh, um, And I I would not make it more complicated than that, to be honest. Um, And we see in in our organization that that sometimes that goes very, very easy and people feel feel that freedom and and, and feel that opportunity to do that. Uh, But we also see uh, in teams where it is really, really difficult, even about very simple topics, to, um, to have that open and candid conversation we are trying to have here today. It also has to do with trust, right? There's trust. And I also learned that running a business is sometimes it, it has to do with like being busy, uh, going for a certain goal. Uh, and then it might seem sometimes a little bit uh, paradoxical to think about trust and running the business at the same time. I have an example where, where I really felt that uh, psychological safety was maybe not so much in the room uh, when I was working on a proposal for Deloitte for, for a client. And um, there it was really obvious that, yeah, we started to, we were really in a pressure cooker, right? Uh, two weeks we had to uh, to uh, uh, respond to this proposal. 
And because you're so much under time pressure then, so thinking about running a business, right, the stress that's uh, around it, it was really hard for us as a team, while normally we didn't really have a difficult time, but at that point to really uh, maintain that trust and maintain that uh, feeling of, yeah, we can say everything we can do. And this also relates back to the definition that, yeah, for me, psychological safety is also about breaking out of your tunnel vision, right? Being able to let go of your fear that you probably put on yourself, judgments about yourself or being afraid of judgments of others, um, and to break out of that tunnel vision. And I sometimes call it also behavior circle. There's so much under the surface that we don't know of and that reflects in our behavior. So how... Yeah, I'm also interested to hear, of course, from you. How do you <laughs> feel Deloitte yeah. is doing in terms yeah. of psychological? But safety? let me first react to 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 your to your example. Eh? Yeah. I, I think there are at least two elements which influence psychological safety quite a bit in our own organization. I think it's time pressure, as you are are, are stating correctly. Eh? The stress of working towards a deadline, and, and deadlines are very common into our business. And, and I think the second one, which I also underestimated quite a bit uh, throughout my career at Deloitte, is the hierarchy of our partner structure, mm-hmm. where I might feel that I'm very much approachable, but my colleague might see that completely different given the roles I have in the organization or the tenure I have or the, or the, or the experience I have, feel reluctant to openly approach and have a conversation with me. Yeah. Um, so I think those two elements, I think we as leaders in our organization need to be extremely aware of. And, and if those come together, you can create a very toxic environment yeah. in how we behave towards each other and uh, the openness of the conversation. So, so I, I think it's important to at least be aware of it. And, and also we try to train our leaders to display the right behavior at all times, also when you're under stress. Yeah. Um, so, so to your to your example of of a proposal, but it could also be delivering a project towards a deadline. I, I think you can create very simple habits together as a team to not step into that pitfall. Like we make it a habit that every Monday we discuss around the workload and how we will handle that, or at the end of the day we all come together and we have a short evaluation on how we feel that we are collaborating and how we could improve that. And I think by making it a habit and making it explicit, I think you open up the opportunity for people to express their feelings. At the same time, I think it requires our leaders to be truly vulnerable and open to other perspectives. Yeah. Uh, and in our leadership philosophy, uh, we we express the three C's at Deloitte. So we're looking at um, courageous behavior, being curious and, and act with compassion. Uh, and I think those elements are are, are, are relevant. Eh? You need to be courageous to be vulnerable. I think you need to be curious towards other other people's uh, perspectives. And, and if you do that with a feeling of compassion and truly put yourself in the other one's shoes, I think that can lead to very open, interesting conversation. And and creating that awareness. And I think that's a, that's a great one about habits, right? I yeah. sometimes call it, and that's maybe not an, an obvious word, but almost like rituals, right? That yeah. you can actually yeah. uh, bring in the team or uh, in the whole organization, in the system of the organization. I think that's a... That's a great one. How do you how do you feel that Deloitte is doing in that? So we can say we we have those well, three C's. I would say there's definitely room for improvement. I think we've made some great steps by by trying to create those habits or those rituals. Um, I think what we get back from feed uh, from feedback from our younger colleagues that they find it sometimes difficult that they, in their perspective, always need to be the one to start the conversation. Mm. Uh, and I think there we can really um, uh, make a difference going forward is 
to pick up that role as a leader more often, uh, maybe by using that habit or by just approaching the person and ask how they're doing or uh, invite their perspectives or do round robins more in the team circumstances so that people don't uh, feel that they are always the one to bring up a difficult topic, but that they are actually invited to in, uh, express their feelings or their, their perspectives. Yeah. Um, and I think that invitation moment is quite important. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we forget that in the rush of doing things eh, and in, in the stress of, of deadlines to have that, that, that moment of a pause and, and to have the opportunity for people to express how, how they're doing. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And I, I, uh, it's funny because it's, it relates back to a quote that we asked a, De- a younger Deloitte to, uh, when we asked the question, what is psychological safety for you or what does it bring uh, in to mind? Is, and I will just read it, read it what, uh, what this person uh, sent. Um, within Deloitte, I experienced different phases of psychological safety safety within different layers of the organization. When I just started four years ago, I felt psychological safe and I felt it was possible to have an open dialogue at any given moment. This feeling of safety disappeared slowly when I was working on a project where I didn't feel well. I didn't dare to talk about this with my manager. So, right, referring to what you were just saying, I experienced the feeling that my manager didn't actually listen to me, causing a feeling of nervousness to speak up and talk about things I was concerned about at the client with my manager. After a few months, I actually dared to open up the dialogue. And the reason was because I had a conversation with my peer and got very emotional. And my peer said that this wasn't good. You need to talk with your manager about this. And I realized that this was indeed what I needed to do to protect my own well-being. And by then, my manager didn't realize that he didn't listen in first instance and apologized. And then they had, then it actually solved yeah. and they were able to open up again. So I think it's also about this behavior that we talked about um, that you said earlier as well. Um, sometimes we're also not aware of the behavior that or what it causes with another person, right? The behavior that yeah. we show, yeah. what, does, what that does to yeah. somebody else. Because by listening to your story, I, I, I would assume that the manager didn't have any moral intent eh, in, no, in this exactly. case. Yeah. And I think it would be very interesting to to understand from this example, from the colleague in, in question, why he or she didn't feel safe to open yeah. up. Eh? So what yeah. was the exact behavior of the manager um, um, so that he or she can also act upon that? And I think therefore feedback and feedback loops and especially also upward feedback is extremely important. And and that is another topic we are working on at at Deloitte to really institutionalize upward feedback. Uh, And again, it's a habit, it's a ritual. If if you do that on a very regular basis, it also becomes less um, stressful to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a very important learning source for for our managers to understand how their behavior influences their team. Yeah. So I would encourage everyone to, on a regular basis, just ask their team how they feel that they are doing and how they can together improve collaboration. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, if I if I, I will always become a little bit sad when I hear these yeah. stories because yeah. uh, I, I I would have loved people to also to take action earlier, yeah. Yeah, to talk to that peer earlier, to talk to the manager earlier, or to talk to a mentor or someone else to to express that instead of continuing to work whilst having those emotions, I don't think that's healthy. So yeah. very grateful for the peer to take yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also because I don't always recognize it myself. Eh? So I, 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 I feel complete freedom to express myself. Mm-hmm. 
I do realize that that also has to do with tenure and with hierarchy. And I'm, of course, in a position where I'm much more be able to freely express myself, most likely. But I think it also has to do with mindset. Yeah. So I've, I've been grown up quite autonomously. Uh, I come from a teacher's family. Yeah. Um, and, and what they have learned me is to, to, to think for yourself, yeah, to, to look at the information available to form your own opinion, to think for yourself and then also express that and also challenge other people. And I've been doing that since my career uh, started at Deloitte. Um, yeah. um, and I, th- I think it, it, it brought me a lot uh, for two reasons. One, I think you, by doing that and by by being yourself also curious, you invite other one's perspectives and you come much more easily, I think, to an open conversation where you can have different viewpoints and you can have a constructive debate or even a constructive conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and also by not internalizing, I think, the stress of the workplace, by being a, a bit autonomous in your in the way you think and the way you also connect to your organization, I think it also helps you cope better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so from that perspective, I'm grateful to my parents. Yeah. Although yeah. at the time, I didn't always feel like no. that, eh? because being the daughter of the teacher who was also the head of our school, that wasn't always the best of no. times. No, exactly. But later in life, I appreciated the yeah. lessons learned. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it, so that also it, it's uh, it triggers me as well your story because the the funny thing is is that when I started and I think when I was pretty uh, junior in consulting we worked together as well yeah. um, and uh, I think we talked about that before also but I when I started I was really um, I internalized so I was able with what other people or was 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 uh, thinking about what other people thought about me if I was actually good enough or not uh, yeah. and that uh, made me judge myself um, and being also a little bit afraid of judgments of others um, so it is interesting how also sort of the system then right and thinking about these behavior circles and what other behavior does to somebody else it's it's just very interesting and almost uh, necessary to understand your own triggers, right? What what yeah. does it do? Like, yeah. yeah. And I think for us, it, it is the realization that professional services, where you actually sell yourself, exactly. uh, you as a person, you yeah. with your knowledge, triggers that behavior even further. So if yeah. I talk to younger colleagues, this is always the lesson learned I, I give them is yeah. be aware of the fact that you lose a proposal. It is not that the person doesn't like your brand of cookies or doesn't like the color of the sweater they don't like you or at least it can feel like they don't like you and you need to learn to cope with that because otherwise professional services is an extremely difficult profession to be in yeah and you're continuously indeed starting to doubt yourself and um and uh, starting to judge yourself which i i i i always hope that people can be also a little bit kind towards themselves yeah because if you can be able to be kind to yourself you can also be kind to others yeah i think that's a great starting point yeah, and even because now I'm uh, I'm back and I actually I wrote a book even about judgment, so I definitely processed myself. And now I'm back in consulting world, and I see that there's also it opens up your world, but it also opens up your dialogues with colleagues, with clients, etc. So there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot about that. I also would like to talk with you about a topic um, that I've heard in the organization about. When we talk about psychological safety, there's also a lot to talk about the the, the white men, and just to put it like that, yeah. right? White men who feel now like, can I actually still say everything that I want or used to say? 
uh, right? It's sensitive. There's there's a feeling of oh, uh, the canceling culture that's around that as well. Yeah. Um, so ca- can you can you say a little bit about that, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think you will see that most likely in any organization right now because it's very connected also to the, the societal trends we're in. Uh, and, and it seems like we as a society and thus us as a company need to find a new balance in that. I, I think it very depends on the intent in which the in which the comment is made. So if the comment is made like, hey, I don't know, and I invite you to um, help me finding that new balance and finding new appropriate words to use or or the way we, we interact with each other or the way we use alcohol in an organization, all kinds of topics which are quite sensitive right now. Yeah. And and it and and the result of that is a dialogue to together find out how we could improve the way we interact in an organization. I think it's perfectly fine to express, hey, uh, I don't know it, or I uh, or um the comment like um hey, did, we can't use these words anymore or did, but as soon as it, it's set in, in from a perspective of a kind of passive aggressive notion of resistance to that change, yeah. then I think it becomes difficult yeah. uh, because then you move away from finding help and 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 being in it together towards blaming actually this is yeah the the, the other groups in the organization f- that they stress that you need to change so to say yeah. and I think the best way for an organization to move forward here is to enter into the, the dialogue and to all be part of the solution um, yeah. and, and that's what what we or at least I also my role have tried to do is to bring those groups together and have a dialogue around it yeah. um, and and I think for the large part it's very very clear what you can say and what you can't yeah, say yeah, yeah exactly um uh, we uh, we definitely and it's uh, absolutely possible to give each other a compliment as long as it is a compliment yeah, yeah. Uh, and also there i think we we have enough sensitivity in our organization and actually also in society to make a distinction between a compliment and a sexual oriented comment yeah no. So yeah. I always, if people start to complain about that, I, I have a very easy answer for them. Yeah. Uh, but you have, of course, also more sensitive topics like um, dress code. Uh, are you as a man still allowed to comment on the dress code of a colleague when you feel she is not dressed appropriately yeah. for the, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the business environment we're in? And I can imagine that that is a, a difficult conversation. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, also here, I believe if it comes from from a good heart and with good intent and 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 you explain what you feel is appropriate dress yeah. uh, and, and you have an open conversation about that, then I think that is still possible to have that conversation. Although yeah. I also understand and appreciate that that is felt more difficult in the, cur- in the current circumstances. Yeah. So I think it's all about trying together to... F- to find that new balance on what's appropriate and what is non-appropriate behavior in an organization. Yeah. And you can't do that in isolation. No, exactly. And that's that's indeed the, the gist, yeah. I think, right? It's always yeah. psychological safety has to do about an interaction. Yeah. And it's always... Yeah. And, 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 even, and I think yeah. also about not trying to polarize in your organization. No. And also at Lloyd, we're very good at that. Huh? So mm-hmm. another example, we have the, the, the vegans against the... The, the people who still eat meat eh? mm. or, or still eat animal protein. So do I now say in my organization that that is no longer allowed and that we all need to be vegan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel that that is not really inclusive behavior, no, so to say. No, yeah. eh? So um, um, And maybe the person who eats vegan flies still with Transavia for 39 euros to yeah. Barcelona, yeah. which is also has yeah. a CO2 impact. And the one who eats biological meat has... 
uh, sun power panels on their roof and drives electric and what have you. Yeah. So so I, I always try to shy away from making very polarized stance in, in an organization because I do pr- think that that prevents the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, it, it comes back to the sea of curious. Are you truly curious about the other's position and are you willing to listen? Yeah. And then jointly find a way forward on how we can be most sustainable in our organization. Yeah, great. And I think that's that's indeed we are uh, as a human being. I think it's it's just our habit, and especially when we get back to like the, the time pressure uh, situations, where uh, our habit is to to stay with our assumptions and expectations, and yeah. and and that are those are under the surface. Most of the times, we don't even know that we have those assumptions and uh, expectations, and then yeah. uh, continue the conversation like that. Yeah, maybe to give it on in one an example of a very good habit I, I think you can adopt to deal with that is to have at the end of the week a moment, a very specific moment, moment for reflection for yourself. Yeah. And reflect on your own behavior. Did, did I show my best behavior this week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and did I display any biases I want to challenge myself upon? And, and really also make that an explicit moment because it's very difficult during a, a, a work week where you run from one appointment to the other to in the middle of all that and all those um, uh, inputs you receive from your environment to, to come that close to yourself and really view on, okay, how can I improve into... Um, this dialogue I have met my colleagues, how can I improve psychological safety? And I think challenging yourself on your own biases is extremely important in that. Yeah, and I, one thing that I also wanted to uh, touch upon and, and would love to hear your thoughts about is that sometimes psychological safety is also perceived as something very soft and we need to be all compassionate and loving to each other. And well, compassion maybe yes, but it doesn't need always to be soft, right? I think it's actually psychological safety is also about being able to, again, speak up about things that might not work well and uh, be also, you can be constructive, critical to each other. Yeah, I think constructive conflict yeah. uh, and Lencioni's team model t- uh, talks about it as well. I think it's one of the most important elements for good team behavior. Yeah. And it is also, I think, also at Deloitte, the thing where we fail most. Um, and it's not that we have a very conflictuous organization, not at all. I think it's the opposite. I think we don't like conflict mm-hmm. and therefore we are not always candid on what we feel or providing the feedback which you actually should deliver in a very open and transparent conversation. So we also call that courageous conversations. Yeah. Do we really have the courageous conversations where you are candid and honest and transparent? Yeah. I think we can still improve a lot on that. Yeah, to break out of the silence, right? I think yeah. that's also yeah, psychological. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. to not shy away from conflict exactly. and, and see yeah. conflict as an instrument to, in the end, create a better relationship. Yeah. So thinking about our listeners, right? So uh, we had we have many uh, topics and many many nudges almost like discussed, right? So what is what is the main thing that you would want to give our listeners or to to advice to, to our take our away from this conversation? Yeah, yeah. I I I think the habits I think is a very important one. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so create a structure in which people can express themselves. Uh, I think really reflect on your role as a leader um, and how you can influence the process of psychological safety in your team. Um, and that for yourself also requires asking for feedback and having regular moments of reflection. So, so those would be yeah. my three more main points. And of course, there's a lot to say about psychological yes, safety. Yeah. But I think if you start there... I think you will be able to enter into that dialogue, which is extremely important. 
Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, our next <laughs> guest, and that's why we really want to make this a series because, like you said, there's so much to say about yeah. uh, uh, psychological safety. Our next guest is uh, Dennis Luit. He's a Dutch commander of the Air Force. I'm very excited about this topic or about this conversation because he will bring a di- total different perspective. Yeah, and I'm eager to listen because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by what we can learn from the armed forces in general. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, there are great leadership lessons to learn there. What would you like to ask him? What I'm very curious about is, um, and I think the Air Force, but also the um, flight industry in general, I think are very known for their rigorous candor. Speaking up culture and and yeah. and connecting that truly to safety yeah. uh, and the, and not only psychological safety no, in this but, case, but yeah. real, true, I think physical safety as well. Yeah. How do you come? How do you install a culture like that where people really feel the need and the desire to speak up? Yeah. And what lessons can we learn in organizations from that habit? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I find that uh, also from for our company where, for instance, quality. And integrity are extremely important to our brand. We would love people to display that same level of candor. Yeah. So, so how do I how do I create that? Yeah, exactly. Well, I will uh, I will have this conversation with him. Thank you. Um, I think that's uh, that's a great question that I will definitely ask him. Um, well, thank you so much for this conversation. To be continued. <laughs> thank you, Anna Barbara. My pleasure. In our next sessions, we will talk with a variety of people in senior leadership positions with a different perspective. We will hear the impact of time pressure and stressful situations on behavior and trust, and hear how psychological safety is perceived and embedded in their organizations. One of the key elements of psychological safety is having an open dialogue and feeling free to speak up. So if you have any questions or would like more information, feel free to reach out to me or our colleagues. You can find the contact information in the description of this podcast. We're looking forward to learn and share.